Hey, welcome back, Kingdom Influencing Nation. Hey, it's so good to know that there are thousands of you listening out there uh, and that you are continuing to patronize and continue to spend the time weekly with us, myself, and, and sometimes my wife and I, but just being able to have you as a consistent listening audience is a blessing. I thank God for all of you who, are, again, are sharing and making sure that this word and this podcast is shared around the world. I appreciate you so much. Today I want to talk about the Christocentric church. The Christocentric church. The Christ-centered church. When we're Christians and when we become born-again believers or we are saved or uh, we come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ and we accept Him into our lives as our Lord and Savior, what should happen is a transformation a transformation in other words when we were in the world before we got saved or, and I'm and I'm just talking about I don't know how you got saved some of you may have got saved at home some of you may have got saved in your dorm room some of you may have got saved uh, at church uh, there, there's there's no limit to the place where God will reach your life and touch your life and you submit yourself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But 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 when we were in the world before we got saved, and I, I will at least use myself as an example, my life revolved around the world. So I wanted to know where every party was. I wanted to know what the latest happenings were. I wanted to be involved in anything and everything uh, where... A lot of people were going to be involved, you know, just kind of always wanted to be, if you will, in the mix. And there comes a time where when you get saved, it's no longer about being per se in the mix. It's about developing a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, we, we talked about um, the church and church culture, and we talked about just becoming a member of the church and um being a part of the different ministries or the different boards that may be in a church and that's all well and good but these things become insignificant if you do not have an abiding relationship with Jesus Christ he said in his word that I will abide in you and you will abide in me and to abide with Christ means to keep his commandments so we have to begin of course understanding what those commandments are we shared two of the major commandments to love God with your whole heart, mind, and soul and to love your neighbor commandment number two, to love your neighbor as you love yourself and so that is part of our process but then we have to understand that this is about you and God at the end of the day it's not about you, your boyfriend and God, you, your husband and God, you, your children and God and it's not that they are not important parts of your life but it's about your relationship with the Father and how that relationship continues to grow down through the years. I, I remember when I first got saved, people said I would only be saved for a little while and that, you know, it was just a phase I was going through. It was a fad. It was not really real. It, it wouldn't last. It, it, was, it was just, you know, something that uh, caught us attention for a moment and He'll be back hanging out with us. You watch and see. Well, that was over, I would say, 40 years ago. 
and um, my relationship with God has not uh, been negated by the things that I used to do because I became a Christ-centered or Christocentric Christian. My life revolved around the Christ, and, and that took study. That took prayer. Uh, I remember on my lunch breaks when I would just sit uh, and read the Bible by myself, and I had a little green Bible that, uh, I forget the name of the organization, still got some of that COVID fog, but the, the little green Bible, and some of y'all know what I'm talking about, I would keep it in my back pocket, and I would pull it out, and it, it was funny, because you, you kind of wanted people to know you were saved, but then you didn't want them to know you were saved, so you found the smallest Bible you could find, and when you're 19, you can read anything, so you gave me that same Bible today, I probably couldn't even see the words on the page. But uh, it was critically important that every day I spent time with God. And so I began by reading the Gospel of John, and then I read Matthew, then I read Mark, then I read Luke, then I read John again, and up through the New Testament, and then starting with the Old. And so these kinds of things begin to root and ground you. Uh, when I joined the church initially, I made it my business to be in a place where I could be trained, where I could be taught. So I went to new members class. I went to uh, new converts class. Um, the classes that were taught by the church to help me to root and ground myself were more important than me being in the choir per se, or, or being a deacon, or being a minister, or, or, or just being a, a part of some organization within the church. I mean, eventually that came, but it was more important for me to go to Sunday school, to be in the places where I could be taught sound doctrine, sound theology, where I began to get a uh, understanding of my salvation or my soteriology, the study of salvation, that I understood who I was in Christ and what God was requiring of me. We don't understand oftentimes the Christ, uh, the the Christ that paid the price for our lives, that became the propitiation, that became the atonement for our sins. What his mission never wavered, even when he was facing death. He took the time yes to pray for himself. It was probably the shortest prayer of all of the prayers. Then he prayed for his disciples because he knew the turmoil and the kind of cultural uh, 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 detriment that would come to all of their lives. But, but then he also prayed a prayer that is almost prophetic in nature. Well, it is prophetic in nature. He prayed about the future of those who would become believers. That's how important we are to him. The last thing he prayed before Judas showed up with the Pharisees and the the troop and the, the, the little army that he came with, with the lanterns and torches and swords and that kind of thing. He made sure that he prayed for our salvation. And so the Garden of Gethsemane, if you read John chapter 17, beginning at verse 20, he says this, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those, watch this, listen to the language, who will believe in me 
So this is before he died on the cross. He's praying for those who will believe in me through their word, through the word of the disciples, through the word of the gospel, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. They also may be one in us that the world may believe that you sent me. When we live a Christocentric life, a life that revolves around Christ, people get a clear understanding of who we are and who our God is. And that doesn't mean that we are uh, uh, dogmatic in our approach. When I say dogmatic, I mean uh, do it like this, say it like this, go this way. It's not about us telling people what to do. It's about us living a practical Christian life that demonstrates the love of God, that shows that there is another way to live life that doesn't revolve around postmodernism or doesn't revolve around uh, 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 the Big Bang Theory or these kinds of things or, or, or a Buddha or any of these things. It, it revolves around the risen Christ. And so we take our lives and we try to live to the best of our ability in a way that brings God glory. So verse 22 says, And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one, just as we are one. I and them, you and me, that they may abide, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world, that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you loved me. Every day I revel, I, I, I praise God for the grace, the mercy, the love, the comfort, the peace. All of these things that God gives us every day. Fresh mercies at our, our doorstep. Every morning, like the dew and the grass. Mercies that we all need. Because we know that we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And see, that's what I mean. This doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect in the sight of the world. Doesn't mean that you never make mistakes. Doesn't mean that we don't slip and do things that we have no business doing. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a life where when we slip, when we do stupid stuff or say stupid stuff or act crazy, we understand the importance of the blood that was shed on the cross. We understand the atonement that was made for our sins. We understand that we have an advocate with the Father through Jesus Christ, that we can get on our knees, go boldly to the throne of grace, ask God to forgive us, ask God to help us turn from our ways, and continue to live the life that God has called us to live. It's not about what people think about us. It's about what Christ thinks about us. It's about what God thinks about us. People can say all manner of things about you. It, it doesn't matter. It only matters where your heart is in connection or in relationship with the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So Jesus continued to pray because I want you to see that his mission never wavered. Even facing death, even facing the cross, even facing uh, the mob of people who had come to betray him at the brook of, of Kidron, uh, it, it did not matter. They were officers there, and chief priests and Pharisees, and they had lanterns, they had the torches and the weapons that came to light up the night 
to find our Savior. But when they found him, Jesus received the kiss of betrayal from Judas. And I want to call it an anointed kiss because without that kiss, he would not have been identified as the anointed one, as the Savior of the world, who would then die on the cross, giving us all a right to eternal life. I mean, that is within itself something that we ought to consider when we're talking about just being wayward. When God gave his life for us, there should be somewhere deep in our understanding of deep in our understanding of salvation that's why training about salvation is so important that we also now ought to give our lives to god so the rest of the the, the passage says father i desire that they also whom you gave me the father has given us to jesus that that uh that you gave me may be with me where i am that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. God, in his infinite wisdom, at the end of the day, his son wants us to be in glory in heaven with him. What a desire for someone who is getting ready to be beat all night. You, you, you know the story. I mean, beat all night with a cat's uh, leather cattail whip, which had some people say bone fragments in it, other people say metal tied in it, but whether it had bone fragments of metal, every time I hit your back and pulled, I would pull a part of your skin, uh, I would pull uh, parts of your vital organs, I would beat you to the capacity where you can barely breathe, where you didn't even look like yourself. And yet some people call Jesus a punk or whatever. They got all these different names for him, but he died for us. He gave his life for us. When they betrayed him and, and said, give us Barabbas, after Pontius Pilate couldn't find any fault to him, washed his hands and said, I'll just you know give the people an opportunity to make a decision. And they said, give us Barabbas, the, the murderer, the killer. And uh, took Jesus, who had no fault, who had no sin, and said, crucify him. This kind of thing had to hurt. It had to be detrimental to the life of, those, uh, the, of Jesus Christ. But he did it for us. So surely we can miss a party. We can skip a smoke. We can skip this and that and all of the things that we do that actually in the long run bring detriment to our lives but they fulfill a, a, a fleshly desire in our hearts that uh, fulfills the, the, the little hole that we have but only temporarily. The thing about Christ is when you have a true and abiding relationship with Him those holes in our hearts and those places in our minds and uh, the things that we used to do become old and they will eventually pass away and we'll find fulfillment in having a relationship through God, through, through Christ, with God. I want to read this last part of the scripture uh, as I close this podcast and I, I'm going to be teaching on these kinds of things over the next few weeks. 
because I, I just want you to have a relationship with God that actually means something. And if I shared something today uh, or, or some things that I've done that uh, were processes in my life that you skipped in your life, and now you can see clearly, no wonder I fell off the wagon. No wonder my relationship with Christ and my salvation didn't really last long. I'm backsliding. There's certain things that we have to put in place as a scaffold. And we'll talk about some of those things, the scaffolding church and, and what the church can do as after you've learned salvation, now some other practical methods that we have to have in our church to make sure our church is not just a fellowship of believers gathering, but it is that a fine-tuned instrument that produces uh, kingdom people for the work of God. And we want to make sure we talk about that. But the last part of the scripture says uh, this, verse 25. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you. And these have known you that you sent me. That's the thing. That Jesus was sent into the earth by the Father, by God himself. And I have declared to them your name. And will declare it, that your love with which you love me may be in them and I in them. He wants us to live a life where the love of God abides in our life on a regular basis as we go through our daily journey. Well, this was the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. We will continue talking on next week. Uh, you have a supernaturally blessed uh, week, and I pray that this podcast will not only help you, but help the people that you share with. Have a great day. God bless.